everyone, welcome back to another episode of Explain It Slowly. Happy year 2022. Yay. I'm about to say 2020. <laughs> Going back in time. <laughs> back ah. in time. Okay, so today's topic is going to be big. It's a big topic. Mm-hmm. Today's question is, what is Bitcoin? So you said it was going to be a big topic, but you're talking about a coin that's composed of bits. And bits are the smallest thing that you can have so this is a big small question <laughs> okay uh so what is bitcoin what do you already know about bitcoin uh i know that it involves math and being able to solve some sort of math equations with i that's that like solving math equations somehow translate into cryptocurrency which then it's like what is the point okay uh so let's start with the math then um there is something in math called a two like a two-way function okay okay so for example for example uh the adding function would add two to whatever number you have so give me a number two so my new number that i give you out of my function is four because i'm adding two okay now you can invert that function by subtracting two, right? Uh-huh. So from four, you can get back two. Okay. So that's a two-way function. Okay. okay. That makes sense so far? Yeah. Okay. Now there's a second concept in math called a one-way function, meaning that if you have uh, a number between zero and 100. Uh-huh. Give me one. 20. Okay. So if you give me 20, I'm going to give you zero. Uh-huh. Give me another number. Five. Okay. If you give me five, I'm going to give you five. Okay. Give me another number. Ten. Okay, if you give me ten, I'm going to give you zero. So if I if you take the zero uh, and you ask me what was the original number, you don't know. It could have been ten or it could have been twenty. Does that make sense? Original number meaning the number that I gave you? Yes. Okay. So there, there isn't a way backwards. You gave me a number, I gave you a new number, but you can't take that new number and get the original one back. Right. Okay. That's Unless called- you know the equation. Well, not necessarily. The equation I gave you is the modulo uh, equation for 10. Uh-huh. So whatever you gave me, I did mod 10 and gave you the result. Okay. So if you gave me 10, I gave you 0. If you give me 20, I give you 0. If you give me 50, I would give you 0. So okay. 0 does not have one original number. Mm. There are many different numbers that could give you 0. Okay. Okay, does that make sense so far? Kind of. Okay, so there's only one way. This function only works in one direction. Yeah. You take a number and you get a result, but with that result, you cannot get back the original number. Okay. Okay, so that's called a one-way function. Yeah. This is important because with this, you cannot get back that original thing, which is called a private piece of information, and you end up with a public piece of information. Okay. Does that make sense? Like, you can share the zero with anyone... They're not going to know that it came from your 20 mm-hmm. unless you told them, right? That's private. Um, from a super conceptual point of view, this is kind of how Bitcoin works. So then is this sort of like used in in like encryptions and stuff? Yeah, so exactly. It is used in encryption. And the way uh, Bitcoin works is every individual ends up with something known as a private key, which is just a very big number. Um, And that private key is used to sign a transaction to basically say to anyone else, hey, this transaction came from me, 
but no one knows your private key. All they know is your public key. Mm-hmm. So these private and public keys, they come in pairs, uh, and everyone, anyone can verify it, but no one can fake it. Okay. So they can't do the same transaction that you could do because only you have that private key. Okay. It's not mod. It's not that same function that I gave you. It's a different function, but it works in that same way. Does that make sense? But the, And this function is public? Everyone knows what this I, function is? Yes, but if you do give it different inputs, like a different private key, it will give you a different output. Okay. Oh. But but if 10 gives you 0, 20 gives you 0, 50 gives That's you 0. That's what I said. It's not that function. I'm just that is an example of a one-way function. Oh, okay. Okay. Do you understand that you can't go backwards from that, right? Right. Okay, so But then but then can you like assume that something around can you assume that a number that ends in a 0 gives you a 0 back value? No. So I gave you an example of like a number between 1 to 100. Yeah. And my mod was 10. Yeah. Imagine a number between 1 and a quadrillion of a quadrillion. Okay. A huge range. Uh-huh. Okay. So not going to be feasible to guess. Okay. Um, and that's the whole premise. Like you can guess. You can get lucky. But there are more stars in the observable universe or there are less stars in the observable universes than there are possibilities here. Okay. So like good luck. Um, now this luck aspect actually has, um, a foundation in Bitcoin, meaning that to get brand new Bitcoin, you need to essentially be lucky. So you could be computing these numbers, essentially, you're going to take a bunch of random numbers, compute them, chug a little bit. Uh, and once you get the solution to that, if you end up with a number that has a lot of leading zeros or leading ones i forget there's a specific combination that you're looking for if you find that number before anyone else you end up with 25 bitcoin so you're saying that the idea of minding bitcoin is to be able to get a result that no one has gotten yet yes and by being the first one that gets that result you claim ownership of it. And in order to get a result that no one's gotten yet, you need a private, a, you need a key that has not been used yet. Basically, that's the that's the rough idea. That's not how Bitcoin works under the hood. It's way more complicated. Uh-huh. But that is exactly the concept. Okay. So you're trying to fish out of the universe a key that's going to give you a very specific result. Uh. And once you find that key, like that is worth that. And what is this equation? Where did the equation come from? And who? how complicated is the equation then? So the equation is called a hashing function. So a hashing function is one where you can get a signature of a piece of data. So whatever that data is, say you have a movie file, if you add and multiply and combine all the numbers that make up that movie file, you end up with a hash. And if one single number in that movie file is different, the hash is going to be different. Mm -hmm. That's the model of a good hashing function. So you'd have to end up with a very different movie file to get the same hashing function, to get the same hash value, basically. But the way to create this hash is just a series of additions and stuff like that. It's the same instruction, right? Meaning Mm -hmm. like... Addition means you add these two numbers together. Addition is always the same instruction. It's yep. two numbers putting it together. Yep. So if you take the same movie file and you hash it, 
uh-huh. on a different computer uh-huh. and you can get the exact same result. Okay. So that hashing algorithm is known to everyone. So the instruction is the, is the same. It's just a matter of picking the right key to get a, a value that no one has gotten. Basically. And the key is the input to that hashing function. Okay. Um, so that's that's the first half of the puzzle, like what Bitcoin is. Uh-huh. Now, the second half is this idea known as the blockchain. So a block is that thing that you just computed. Yeah. Okay. Now, you can chain these blocks by saying, hey, this block is not only this piece of information, but there's the hash of the previous block along with some metadata mm. that says, like, who did it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. All of that is then hashed and used for the next block and mm. so on and so forth. So you create so a chain. So you're using the result of the first... Of the previous one for the next for one. For the next one. And, and then the that one. result for the next one. And you end up with one unbroken chain uh-huh. from the beginning of time of Bitcoin to now. But but in order for this chain to continue, does the value at each state has to be different has to be a value that has not been found yet, or can it be the no. same number? So as I said before, if I give you one Bitcoin, yeah, like I'm gonna sign that and say, "Hey, it's to this to you." Mm-hmm. So it's coming from my quote unquote wallet, which is my private key, yeah, to you. And if I go through that blockchain from the very first one to the modern one, I can see that oh, in 2017, Dimitri earned half a Bitcoin, and 2019, Dimitri earned half a Bitcoin, and 2021. Uh, Dimitri gave one Bitcoin to Lynn. So Dimitri has no more Bitcoin. But what does the giving it to me have anything to do with how these equations are being calculated? Well, uh, there's two parts of it. There's the me giving it to you. That's one type of transaction that can happen. And the But that is just transferring ownership. It doesn't affect how the equation is being calculated, meaning the value that you found... You're giving it to me. It's still that same value. It yes. doesn't affect anything. But anyone can verify it is my point. Okay. Um, and if I was the first to discover a new block of Bitcoin, which is 25 Bitcoin by definition, then my that discovery is going to be on that chain, which says that, oh, Dimitri was the first one. So even if you discovered it seconds later, mm-hmm. then you would be second and it would no longer be valid. Okay. It's only valid because I was the first one to find it. Okay. Does that make sense? Kind of like if you went to the same cave and struck at the same rock and there was gold there. Uh-huh. If I took the gold first and you went to the same cave, there's no more gold there. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, so it's the same idea. Okay. So there's those two types of transactions so far. There's You can discover a new block of Bitcoin, uh-huh. which is called mining. Uh, or you can transfer the Bitcoin that you have to someone else and that person that's a transfer um and then there's a third type of transaction called a verification so when i transfer it to you uh it needs to be verified by others to be put on this chain on the blockchain i can't just say hey i'm giving you this uh because everyone else is also giving other people stuff and as i said it needs to be one unbroken chain so when Meaning, I give, so so you're saying as of right now, all the Bitcoin that are in existence is one, is a giant chain. It's all connected to each other. Yeah, I can find out how much anyone has by like following their address. But but okay, so thing. so that is just talking about ownership of the Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm more interested in. 
the use case of the Bitcoin, of all of these math numbers and equations that we're looking at and the idea of mining it. But I don't care about how so, much it's worth. So I'm the math about is the like, same yeah. when I'm transferring it or when I'm mining it. It's the same function. Okay. So that's that's why it's linked up. But when you're mining it, you need to try for random numbers. Like you just need to keep trying until you find that magical output. And again, the magical output, I think I'm probably wrong, but I think it has something to do with uh, you want the number with the most leading zeros. So you have zero, 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 and then one, 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 zero, zero, one, one. And if you can find the number with the biggest amount of zeros, mm-hmm. then that Bitcoin is yours. And then once they found all of them with that amount of zeros, then there's one less zero to find. And then one less and one less and one less. And then once it gets used up and there's no more leading zeros, then there's no more Bitcoin to be mined. Um, in other words, it's really easy to get Bitcoin at the beginning because there, like almost any random number that you get, you're going to end up with a big chance of getting a lot of zeros in a row or it might be the opposite where you just need very few. But over time, it becomes more and more impossible to find because all, that it's all solution. Been found. Yeah, because it's all been found, exactly. Um, so that is where the math comes in. So if I wanted to mine Bitcoin, I would have to try and try and try to get that specific result that is at the current difficulty, basically. How do you How do you do it? Because it's not like you're in control of picking these numbers or you're... You in... are. You can pick which random numbers you're starting with. So there's a software that you just go in and you're said, I want to start with five. And then it just starts. It's going to compute five and say, no, this is not a Bitcoin. And then what? And then you start, okay, I'm going to try 15,522. So you have to actively go in there and do it? I know no. you had a, a Bitcoin machine that didn't do that. Yeah. So the Bitcoin machine will pick its own random numbers, basically. Okay. And it will try to compute the result. And so give then, the computer the result. So then if that's the case, what is it based on? Because if if everyone has one of these machines and all the machines are going to randomly pick a number to calculate each time, you're all going to end up with the same stuff. No, one of them is going to get lucky. And that first one to get lucky is going to try to put it on the blockchain and say, hey, I got lucky first. And a bunch of other computers are going to verify that and say, hey, is this actually, like, if I do the same calculation, am I going to get the same result? And if they verify it and say, hey, yeah, this looks good, this looks good, this looks good, this looks good, then it gets added to the chain because everyone basically agrees that it's trustworthy. And because you did it before me, you just happened to guess the random number first, then you own that block. Does that make sense? What are you hashing? Random numbers, basically. So you're trying to... But but like you said, you, you gave the example of the movie file. A movie file has what? All of these things that you're you're adding up and then you get this equation or the way that you add up. So uh, you, the hash algorithm um, can be used on any piece of data. It can be used on one number or it can be used on a sequence of numbers. So if you have a text file, every letter is represented by a number. Uh-huh. So you can combine those numbers according to the hashing algorithm and it will give you a result but but you have to start with something right yeah you start with either the the letters in that file or the colors in a movie file 
or in the case of Bitcoin, a random number. So you just put a random number in there. So there's an actual equation. Yes. Kind of like, kind of like how in math we do the I don't know the m equals c square whatever. What yeah. is it? The like, quadratic equation. Too. Yeah, like so that equation always work if you put in the number. You always get it. So this hash equation is an actual equation. Yes. That it's a very complicated one, but yes, it is. But it's something physical mm-hmm. or conceptual that we can And it will always use. give you a number that's the same size, basically. Okay. So it's always going to give you a number between 1 and 10,000. Not the actual thing, but that's going to be what it gives you. And then whatever amount of numbers you give it to begin with, you can just keep giving it numbers. And then when you're done, you say, I'm done, and it's going to give you a new number. That's going to be the sum or the multiplication or the combination of all those numbers that came before it. How do you tell it? How do you tell it you're done? I I don't understand because it's so hands off. You just have this machine that you plug into power and then it does its own thing. So I don't understand. So where are you involved in this? Like me? Like you as a person involved in the idea of this. So you, this does not need a machine. Like all you need is a computer that can do math. And you will essentially get some software that hooks up into the Bitcoin network. And that software will say, okay, I'm going to start mining now. And it will just come up with random numbers, one after another. And it will hash them. Like, it will just put them through this function. And it will get a result. And if the result is no good, it's just going to try another random number. And so on and forth. And it's going to keep doing that until it finds something that is good. Does that make sense? Sorry, this Bitcoin idea is just too big for me to understand. <laughs> I'm so stuck on the math part. Uh, I don't understand. Like the, the per- function? Yeah, or or just, I guess, I okay, I get the function now. And you said the purpose of doing, like, doing this whole math part is to be able to have a key that gives you a specific value, right? Yeah. And this is useful in encryption. The same techniques are used in encryption. Okay, what's the point of this Bitcoin thing besides making virtual money that you can use? There's no point other than making virtual money that you can use. So if you take dollars, for instance, okay? I have a bank account with $1,000. To get that bank account with $1,000, I needed to go to the bank with $1,001 bills and give them to the bank. Now the bank has a $1,001 bills somewhere at one of their branches, okay? That is, every dollar is backed by a single piece of paper. Yeah. The idea. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Bitcoin was made in such a way where there's not one type of piece of paper that uh, anyone could control. So, for instance, the U.S. government can say, eh, this $1 thing not super practical anymore we're going to change our minds we're going to use something else or it's not that valuable anymore or it's suddenly worth a lot more now Mm -hmm. like someone can control that yeah whereas with bitcoin the amount of bitcoin that you have cannot be changed by anyone really you forever own it when it's attached to your private key like yes you can lose your private key or it can be stolen or whatever but it's a more Secure and the word that everyone likes to use is decentralized, meaning not one computer is keeping track of it. A whole bunch of computers are keeping track of it. Mm -hmm. So it's as if 
I'm a branch of the bank. You're a branch of the bank. Everyone is a branch of the bank. And everyone knows where everyone else's balance is. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the idea behind Bitcoin, where it's not backed by one government's financial system. It can be backed by anything that's arbitrary. Like, yes, there's an intrinsic value in the end. Like, you choose that a slice of pizza is worth a few Bitcoin, which it used to be worth. Yeah. Um, even though now, like, a house is worth a few a Bitcoin. Bitcoin kind yeah. of thing. Uh, so... The value is separate from that. I mean, just whatever people deem something to be valuable. Um, But the whole system is kind of made in a way where it has nothing to do with the paper that we call the dollar, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So other than that, it's not useful for encryption. It uses encryption techniques. Okay. But it's just, it's purely a virtual currency that can't be hacked, pretty much. Like, I can't go and steal your dollars unless I steal your private key. So if you keep your private key secure, nothing I can do to take you in. So if you're selling your Bitcoin to somebody else, or if you're transferring it to somebody else... You're not giving me your private key. You're just saying that you're moving it from your private key to mine. Huh? I'm moving from my private key to yours? Yeah, so you're saying I have a Bitcoin... Yeah. And I want to give it to Dimitri's public key. So my public key is free for everyone to see. Uh-huh. So you would go ahead and sign it according to my public key. So you're you're saying this came from me. You wrote your signature on it. One that no one can forge because they don't have your private key. Uh-huh. And now I have the result of that, which is the Bitcoin that you gave me. Do you ever need to go back to me to say, hey, what's the private key? No, it's now mine. So it's now part of my, like, assets. But since everything is linked up... It can be seen that that Bitcoin came from you, which originally came from me. Okay. Like, you can see that that history uh-huh. along the way. So a mistake that people often make with Bitcoin is they say, oh, like, my name is not attached to this, so I'm anonymous. So I can go ahead and sucker poor people to give me Bitcoin, and no one will know it's me. Yeah. Except you see that a whole bunch of money is going to this one single address. Yeah. Or address meaning the public like the key. Like the IP. Um, no, the public key. Uh, and if it's all going to that one address, you can kind of follow the money, see where that money goes, and then see, oh, it's being withdrawn by a bank in Russia. Uh, and the person who's withdrawing it, their name is so-and-so. Okay. Sorry to pick on Russians. I was going to say, like, like, why is it always... <laughs> well, because Russia turns a blind eye towards uh, cybercrime that's done not towards Russians. So there's well, a lot of there's a lot of crime that happens originating from there. So I apologize if you are from Russia. Uh, but vote for better laws, I guess, that prevent that sort of thing. Okay. All right. So that's what Bitcoin is in a nutshell. That's what Bitcoin is in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> in a podcast episode. And that's not talking about like all the wasted energy and the scams and all the negativity around it. That's just purely how this technology works. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So it's useless. <laughs> it's not useless. Well, it's a, it's well, as fact, useless as dollars are. The fact, yeah, it's as useless. But the fact, the only purpose is that you created this money mm-hmm. currency to be used. 
Yeah. Okay. All right. So, as you were saying before, like, you have a machine that you can plug in. Uh, there are things called uh, miners, and it's a specific piece of hardware that knows how to do that hashing algorithm really, really quickly. Okay. So, it can go ahead and hash your number along with 20,000 other numbers all at once. Okay. And give you the result. So, with that, you are much more likely to come up with one of the Bitcoin. Does that make sense? Or one of the blocks that has new Bitcoin. Okay. So, the, I guess the, the last question is, who came up with this method of mining Bitcoin? And how do they know that using this hash equation thing is the right way to go? Are there many ways of mining Bitcoin? So Bitcoin specifically, I guess that's three questions there. So Bitcoin specifically, <laughs> uh, it uses a specific hashing algorithm to do its stuff. Other cryptocurrencies like Litecoin uses a different hashing algorithm. Ethereum uses a third hashing algorithm. They all like have their own um, subtle tweaks to the system. Uh-huh. But Bitcoin was the first one to kind of use these hashing algorithms in this way. Okay. So it's not that one is better than the other. It's just because what made Bitcoin so popular? It was the first like virtual currency that was not controlled by any single organization. Okay. So therefore, people felt more willing to trust it and uh, to not so subtly con other people into getting into it as well. So that way they can have more wealth, yada, yada, yada. Like all yeah, issues aside, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 being controlled by computers, but there's no human involving in it. Yeah, like not one, no single person can uh, influence how it works currently, right. unless Which they makes own half it of more it. More secure, or yeah. not secure, but like you said, neutral. Or yeah, whatever the word decentralized. Is. Yeah. Okay. So if if one single person owns half of all the Bitcoin that exists, then they can, um, or if one single person owns half of the comp- computational power that's on the Bitcoin network, then they can influence it. Because when they want to verify that you gave me a, a one Bitcoin, even though you didn't do it, they can go ahead and say, yeah, that totally happened, even though it didn't. Oh. Does that make sense? They're a crook. Yeah. Whereas when you don't have one single player that controls half of it, the more likely scenario is there's going to be a bunch of other third parties that are going to say, no, that didn't happen or that's not, that doesn't pass like okay. scrutiny. Yeah. Uh, so that money did not transfer hands. So on forth. Okay. Cool. So, yeah. So then the person who invented this, are they rich? So their name is Satoshi Satoshi Nakamoto, I think. Oh, a Japanese um, person. Maybe we don't know who they are. Uh, all that's known is like a few forum posts, like when. Uh, oh, so when they're Bitcoin, very hush hush about it. Yeah, so when Bitcoin uh, was unveiled to the world, that was their name on the forum, kind of thing, uh, and they open sourced the 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 software, and other people started using it. And as the first person to make it, they mined a few Bitcoin for themselves, you know, yeah. as one does. Um, and yeah, so they they own that wealth, whoever they are. We don't really know. There's no there's no record as to who it is. 
Is it like a deadly thing if they reveal who they are? Uh, people might murder them, yes, but uh, probably not. But even if you murder them, it's not like you can steal their key and their assets, right? Because it's all... Eh, a lot is possible under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. All right. Cool. Well, that's a, that's a big, small topic. Exactly. Cool. It's made of bits. It's made of bits. Okay. Lots and lots of bits. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye.